another episode of HR Talk. I'm JC. I'll be stepping away from co-hosting the show until sometime after the U.S. presidential elections. But thank you all for continuing to tune in weekly. And now, for your host, please welcome Ricky Baez! Wow. JC the man. I love that. Love that, love that. Ladies and gentlemen, Ricky Baez, co-host of the HR Talk Podcast, coming to you live from the A1A Beachfront Studios in Orlando, Florida. As you heard in the intro, JC is taking a little break. Um, it, it's, he's taking some time for himself. He has a lot on his plate, but um, I'm going to carry the ship all the way to after the election. Then he's going to come back right on board. But folks, it's perfectly okay. Here's why. I am not alone today. And I wouldn't do this alone because it'll be a heck of a boring show. <laughs> Cannot do it. Either boring or it'll go on for hours and hours and hours. But uh, today on today's show, I'm really happy to announce that I've got two amazing leaders. And they are the owners, the creators, and they co-host on the Legacy in Leadership podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Jimmy Gonzalez and Devon Watch Jr. Hey. Well, hold on. We need more clapping. More clap. No, 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 no. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again. Come on. Yeah, more. There we go. Got it. There it is. The there same is. people doing the same thing. All right. Jimmy, Devon, how'd you guys doing, man? Doing good. Doing well, man. Doing well. Man, this is a long time coming. We kept talking for the longest time about me coming on your podcast and then you coming on our podcast, and we finally make it happen. Finally, 18 years later, we get, you know, <laughs> we do get to do that. Uh, but I'm going to start with you, Jimmy. So, Jimmy, if you could tell the audience a little bit about yourself, and, um, and, and then I go to Devon and just tell me all about the Legacy in Leadership podcast. Uh, thank you for the introduction, Ricky. I don't know if that was as good as the one I gave you, but I appreciate it nonetheless. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> Roger that. Okay. <laughs> Actually, JC did a really good job, though, on he the did. intro. He did. Uh, Jimmy Gonzalez, learning and development professional and leadership coach, and as you said, a co-host of the Legacy and Leadership podcast with my good friend, Anthony Devon Watch Jr. Uh, I have been in leadership and development for over 15 years now and have had a really wonderful career in mainly call centers for over 20 years now. Uh, and spent a lot of time in leadership, training, development, um, content creation, marketing, communications, project management, all that kind of good stuff. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. And all of that has kind of yeah culminated into what Devon and I have uh, aspired. And finally, yeah, we pull the trigger ourselves uh, on this podcast. So happy to uh, to do that and to be here today. Nice, nice. And Devon, how did you how did you meet Jimmy? How did you get hooked up with that guy? <laughs> so <laughs> that's a good um, question. Yeah, that actually is a great question. So um, Devon Watts, um, again, like you guys kind of already mentioned, uh, co-host of the Legacy and Leadership Podcast, um, experienced contact center leader. You know, I've kind of been in the space for uh, many, many years, about 14 or 15 years now. Um, and my experience kind of mirrors a little bit of Jimmy's for everything from learning development, process improvement, running uh, operations. I mean, you name it. And, and I actually got hooked up with this cat probably, gosh, maybe about 13 years ago, 12, 13 years ago. 
um, as a brand new leader, a green leader. Um, and he and I ended up having a conversation where we talked about leadership and that was the start of a budding friendship. And now here we are, you know, 12 years later and it's what we do. It's what we've been studying. It's what we've learned from, okay. um, and that we try to pass on to other people, man. So it's, it, so legacy in leadership. So what happened in, in, in both of your careers for you to get together and say, we got to package some audio and send that out into the internet so other people can hear it. So what, why, why, why a podcast? Why not a webinar? Why not a book? Why not just go into a conference? I mean, why a podcast? Just um, wait, Ricky, just wait. Okay. Right, right. Like he's, yeah, he's dropping all the business ideas. I know, right? Um, <laughs> oh, I am. Oh. <laughs> okay. Hey, man, you're looking, hey, you're looking at our 60-day plan, our 60-day plan. <laughs> got um, it. But no, so I think for, for us, you know, I kind of give my take and then I'll let uh, Jimmy give his perspective as well. But, um, you know, leadership is something that we've had just a litany of conversations about over these past couple of years. And we've been fortunate enough to play a role in the leadership and development of other leaders that have reported to us that have not reported to us. Right. Um, and it's kind of a culmination of all those conversations. We really had the idea like, man, how do we how do we expand our influence? Right. How do we get the same message out to as many people as possible? But more importantly, co- connect with other like minded leaders so that we can also benefit from learning from them and really build out this this leadership community. Right. And so um, the podcast seemed like um, kind of the best way to kind of jump into the waters. Right. Um, it was something that didn't need to be overly polished. Right. Mm-hmm. We had the opportunity to just kind of demonstrate our personality and connect with folks. Um, and it has been an awesome ride so far, man. We've, you know, several episodes in and, you know, we've started to see this community really grow from, you know, zero, you know, zero subscribers and zero listeners to where we're at today. Um, it's just been a blessing, man. It really has. Awesome. What about you, Jimmy? Jimmy? No, it's like Devon said, it's been, it's been really fun and exciting just to see this, you know, this community, this tribe of what we call legacy leaders continue to grow. And it really was just that, you know, I, I even, ironically, you mentioned the book, um, Devon, we got to probably go back to that. It's probably about 10, 11 years ago, you started writing a book about leadership and I was writing, I was supposed to write the forward for it. So again, this is just a topic that we've consistently discussed over our friendship and our time together. Um, and I think, you know, for us as well, one thing that we, we knew that was just really cool about this day and age and things like podcasts and the internet and videos is that, you know, we can leave this information and these lessons that we're talking about and that we're teaching out there. Um, and we talk about leaving a legacy for other people, but we're both dads. Uh, and, you know, we think about the legacy that we're leaving behind for our children mm-hmm. and our family. And regardless of what happens with the podcast, and we hope it continues to grow and there's success with it. Um, but that those lessons, those conversations will always be there. Uh, again, God willing for our children, you know, grandchildren in the future uh, and future generations. So that's really the whole premise behind the podcast is how do we help individuals learn and uh, implement tactics that will help them to become a leader worth following mm-hmm. and then teaching them tactics on how to develop people to do the same and in doing so leave a legacy for future generations. Mm. So your your whole goal is just to leave that legacy for just leave that torch for somebody else to pick it and just continue on with it. So are you not concerned now? So before I go there, um, when, when you're doing a podcast or email or tweeting or whatever it is people do on social media these days, mm-hmm. um, whatever you put out there is digitally preserved. So in the legal world is called that is digitally preserved. That's why if, if you say a bad joke, 
at a bar, people forget it. If you right. tweet it to somebody, that stays there. Somebody will take a screenshot, it'll stay there forever. Um, me being a lifelong learner of that field as well with human resources, you know, um, HR and, uh, <clears throat> and, and leadership really go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. So, but how I saw leadership today and how I saw HR today is complete or C today is completely different than what it was 10 years ago because I'm always evolving. I'm always learning. Are you not concerned that whatever you say today could be radically different in 20 years because you're always learning, you're always evolving and look at what happened to Kevin Hart. Nothing to do with leadership, right? But something he said like 10 years prior came back to bit him in the came butt. Back, yeah, but I say right? bit him. Yeah, but bit but him. that's not how he feels now because people grow and they evolve. Are you concerned with that at all? Yeah, I will say um, I actually think that's kind of the beauty in the process, right, as leaders. It's being able to understand that this is a continuous learning process. And so um, as we have these discussions and we're providing our take and we're providing guidance on what has worked for us and we're having you know discussions with other leaders, as we continue to grow in our walk, we have an opportunity to refine it, to revise it. And I think that's really where you're able to connect with other leaders and build a community. Because I think there's this misconception that leadership has to be a finished product all mm-hmm. the time. Like the, the minute that you start, like, I'm, I'm refined, I'm perfect, you know, I'm ready to lead, I'm flawless, I'm not going to make any mistakes, right? And that's a, a, an entire misconception. And really, leadership is about learning, leadership is about growing, um, being able to confront when you, um, you know, were, you know, you made mistakes, or you didn't know, right, and how you grew in your walk as a leader. And so I think this is actually a perfect example of that, um, with what we're building with the Legacy and Leadership Podcast. Jimmy? Yeah, I think a lot of the principles that that we've discussed, at least until this point, are are really timeless. I mean, I, I think there's just certain things that regardless if it's 10 years from now or 10, 10 years in the past, that, you know, characteristics and attributes that are going to help somebody to be a really good leader. And again, specifically a leader worth following, because you can be a great leader, but that doesn't mean that, you know, and you're, you're, uh, you're hitting your objectives and you're getting things done, but are you the type of leader that is worth following, right? Uh, so I think a lot of the principles that we discuss again are timeless. Some of the strategies and tactics that you may take, you know, to, to continue to grow, uh, I think those may change. And if they evolve, and as again, as Devon mentioned, as we're learning uh, and we change some of those tactics, then we'll continue to teach those things too. But we're definitely coming in this as, as both of us, you know, from an educational perspective, teachers. But on the flip side of that, we, as he mentioned, we still are learners. And even when we had you on and we recorded, uh, number one, it was one of the funniest sessions that we've had up until this point. But number two, Thank like, you. yeah, I was, I was able to learn a lot, you know, from that. So uh, we know that we don't have everything figured out. And as we're trying to teach, we're also very transparent that we're still growing, we're still learning. And we want to be able to share that with our audience and our legacy leaders as we continue to grow in this space as well. So, in both of your careers, I'm sure you have seen some great leadership and some questionable ones. And it's, it's um, I don't know what's worse, the difference in leadership or what people choose to follow. Because one would think that it's, um, if somebody is an exceptional influencer, somebody who, who really has influence over people in a good way, that people follow them. But People will be surprised how many crappy leaders have a lot of followers, people who do follow. Um, why do you think that is? Why do you think there's so many people who are drawn to that leader that's just, 
I don't, I don't even want to call them. I just call them managers if that's the case, right? So what do you say to people who are just confused and who they follow um, uh, just, just based on what they see with their interaction with those folks? You want to kick us off your <laughs> Uh, Devon's like, I ain't taking that. <laughs> Give it to Jimmy. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll touch on it for sure, but okay. uh, I don't want to dominate first. No, nah, I, I think, you know, you. It, I think it depends on where you're at as an individual. Uh, but you also, you know, one of, the, one of the first things that we talked about is, you know, kind of what are your, your core values that you have as an individual? And I think if you don't have those things figured out and you don't know what, what is near and dear to your heart and, and these are the, the values that I'm going to stick by no matter what, if you don't have those things figured out as, as an individual, as a leader, if you're just starting out, I think it's very easy to kind of get swayed. Um, I think a certain level of of confidence in in yourself, and, and I mean somebody can be you know uh, an early twenties leader, but still you know confident in in where they're at, even though they know that they still have a lot to grow. Uh, but I think with that lack of confidence, and again not really being stable and secure in in your values, it's just easy to kind of get swayed. And you see somebody who's charismatic, uh, or they're very stern, and um, and they have this particular you know. Uh, attitude about themselves. And it's easy to follow that, even though they, again, they might not be taking you in, in a very positive direction or taking you in the right direction. Okay. Yep. Agreed a hundred percent, man. And it's a, it really does come down to knowledge of yourself. And mm-hmm. um, I think that, you know, kind of the other thing that is um, cool to me about what we've been able to create and what we're sharing in the community that we're building, right. Is we're, we're speaking to people that are at, different points within their leadership walk, Mm. whether you're brand new as a leader, whether you've been in the game for a long time, right. Um, Whether you're, you're not sure if you even want to go down a leadership path, right. It's um, being able to speak to those individuals and kind of talk about, you know, the importance of self-awareness of understanding who you are, understanding your core values, first and foremost, what drives you. And then stressing the responsibility that comes with the stewardship of being a leader. Cause I also think part of um, part of the reason that people are, um, you know, fall into the trap of being bad leaders is not because they initially set out with the intent of leading people wrong. I mean, yeah, there are some, you know, uh, examples mm. of that. Right. But that's in the minority. I think the majority of leaders have um, very genuine, sincere intents when they go down this path, when they go down the leadership path. And then over time, they either, didn't have an understanding of their core values or they lose sight of their core values and they start making these minor compromises that, mm-hmm. you know, two, three, four, five years yeah. down the path, you're completely off base. Right. Um, and you find out, you find yourself in a position that I think when you started off, you never would have imagined you would have led people to. Right. And so that's another part of this community mm-hmm. and the conversations that we're having is always having that, that accountability, self accountability, but also, um, you know, a communal accountability, right? By surrounding yourself with other leaders um, who are centered in their values and will challenge you if they feel like you're off base. So Jimmy says something that it's you, Jimmy, and you said it twice. You said confidence, right? That you have to develop that confidence. I have seen some leaders that have amazing confidence in nothing. <laughs> so, so right. So they sound confident in what they're saying, but they don't know what they're talking about. What, 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 what do you tell that junior leader, or better yet, what do you tell that employee 
uh, to watch out for because I've seen some employees fall into that trap. Like, oh my god, that person is awesome. I'm like, no. They just know how to talk, <laughs> right? <laughs> they just know how to do that because they do a great job. Because charisma is awesome, right? Mm-hmm. But charisma is nothing without the 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 knowledge and the and the information to back it up to move that needle from A to B. Now, on the other hand, that knowledge is awesome, but you're not going to get anywhere unless you've got that storytelling skill set unless you have that personality or the charisma to really deliver it with an impact. So it's it's like a Pantene shampoo bottle. I don't know why I'm bringing that up. <laughs> two and one, right? <laughs> so, yeah. so two and one. It's, that was the analogy I was using. Sorry. Got That's it. me uh, being yeah. confident. So, so, But I got hair. Great delivery. <laughs> right? Look, have you smelled Pantene hair? It is sexy. I'm sorry. <laughs> it is sexy. When my wife puts it on it, she goes like that. I'm like, okay, now I know oh. why I married her. <laughs> no, but seriously, right? So when you're talking about being a leader, people can fall into that trap of, man, that person is awesome just because they're confident in how they speak. How do you tell that junior leader or that employee to watch out for that pitfall? I mean, when, when you started to ask a question, one thing that comes to my mind, right, is you have to be confident, but there also has to be a level of competence as well. I think for a junior leader, you know, you – there has to be some some discernment as you go through that process and learning, like, is this person really just BSing me or are they able to really talk the talk, but then obviously back that up with helping us to get results? Yeah. Um, and you have to be able to see that. And if they're not competent, if they're not able to express a skill set that's going to allow us to continue to move forward in a positive direction and get results, then after a while, like, you should be observing those things. And I think part of being a good leader is observing your team, observing the people around you, uh, and not just the words, but the actions and, and what's really happening behind those words. Can people can talk a good game, but in the end, like, what are you really going to do that's yeah. going to help this business succeed? And if that doesn't happen, then people make decisions yeah. and, you know, changes are made. So, Okay. Devon? Yeah. Yeah, I would say um, kind of to, to what Jimmy shared, um, something we stress quite often is, as a leader, especially early on as a leader, your job is to develop trust. And there's really two things that contribute to trust, right? It's rapport building mm-hmm. and it's competency, right? Now you need to lead with rapport building because if you only focus on competency, you come across as a tool, right? If you don't have any type of charisma or personality or being able to tell stories and connect. But on the flip side, if all you are is you know all rapport and no substance, people smell that out very quickly. And I think over time, see time is, Time is the great equalizer in that sense from a leadership perspective, right? Like you may be able to, you know, finesse me with, you know, confidence and, you know, good articulation um, for about five minutes, Mm. but around 15 minutes, 20 minutes. (laughs) I mean, we've all been able to to sniff out that used car salesman, right? The guy who said, he's like, oh man, he's, you know, super engaging guy. Like, oh man, that's a funny joke. (laughs) Then 10 minutes in, you're like, this guy's annoying as hell. <laughs> right? like, like, oh, yeah, I know exactly what you want. And it's and it's no different, you know, from a leader. If you're only um, high energy, high personality, good rapport, good charisma, no substance. In a five minute interaction, you could probably get away with that. In a yeah. 15 minute interaction, there's zero chance and people aren't going to follow you and there's not going to be trust. So or when it hits when it hits the fan. Right. So mm-hmm. it can be five minutes since it hit in the fan and they just buckle. That's when you're like, whoa. So Mm -hmm. that tells you two things as a person who's following is that is not who I thought it was. Number one, number two, I need to recalibrate my meter Mm -hmm. because I should have smelled that a long time ago. Yep. Right. So 
when a junior leader, or actually, you know what? I'm not even going to go into the junior leader yet, right? When you have associates who are interested, because, you know, not every associate. One of the mistakes I've done early on in my career is to assume everybody wants to be in a leadership position. Right, mm-hmm. I made that mistake 15 years ago when I had one employee who she reported to me, and I kept pushing her. I'm like, Ethel, you got to do this. You got to go from here, here, here. Older African-American lady who put me in my place. Right? <laughs> she, I, I'll tell you right now, she. I'm changing her name. Because her name really isn't Ethel, because she listens and she knows who she is. <laughs> Hi, Ethel. <laughs> She'd be like, "Hi, Devon." <laughs> no, seriously, but it, so with her, my mistake was that I kept pushing her towards that type of a role. She was an HR specialist, and that's all she wanted to do. I was not paying attention. She was being a sweetheart at first. As you know, I say, no, I'm okay, I'm okay. And I kept pushing. She finally got pissed. She's like, God damn it, Ricky. No, I don't want to <laughs> be in a leadership position. Leave me alone. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. So I was about to jump down her throat, but I'm like, yeah. she's right. Yeah. She's 100% right. This is on me. So um, that's when I quickly learned, all right, I need to let my employees drive their career pathing for me and I can I can be their GPS. They're in the driver's seat, but I'm that GPS that kind of helps them to go here or there depending on where they want to go. Because the GPS doesn't tell you, oh, go here. You have to put in the the, the coordinates, right? Yep. So I'm gonna let them do it for um for me and then I'm gonna help them. So what do you tell a an employee, right? So I'm I'm gonna flip it real quick, who thinks that he or she wants to be a leader but they, it, what, what they have shown you shows that they're just not ready for it. And they have a completely flawed uh, view of what leadership truly, really is. What do you tell that employee who wants to get in there? Well, um, I think it really starts with one of the topics that uh, we recently um, wrapped up with a series that we were doing on some of the foundational leadership tenets that you have to have as a leader. And then we brought you on board to kind of close it out Um you know, and it's really around integrity for you as a leader, right? And a part of integrity is being able to have honest, respectful conversations with those that you lead. And so for me, it really starts with that brand new associate or that young associate that has an aspiration to move into leadership with having a conversation around the why. Like, I think you have mm-hmm. to really challenge people and understand their motivation. Like, okay, well, talk to me about that. What does that look like for you, right? Well, why do you want to move into leadership? You know, what's the motivation behind it? And as people start to have conversations with you around their drivers, you can recalibrate, right? You can recalibrate and have a frank conversation. Like I've had plenty of conversations with folks who wanted to move into leadership because money was a motivation, mm. um, right? And I've had to, I've had to level set with them and say, okay, I get it. You know, I completely applaud anybody who has a desire to um, want to put their family in a better position, want to grow their earning potential. I know that you have a lot of things that you aspire for. Now. You know, if you move into leadership and you get that position, right, and you have, you know, you get that check, you get that on day one. What's going to motivate you on day 365 to continue that that same level of engagement and, you know, patience that's required in order to lead, right? Because um, promotion to failure is a real thing. Mm. And if you as a leader have insights to know that, you know, you don't Mm. have necessarily the skill sets to be able to take that next step. I, I would be doing you a disservice by not having this conversation and identifying the skills that you need 
right? Um, you know, and by allowing you to take that next step, knowing that you're not equipped for it. Because again, promotion to failure, I've learned that over, over my career, promotion to failure is a, a real thing. You could have a, somebody who's a superstar, kind of like Ethel in her role, but if you would have forced Ethel and she didn't have the discernment or the strength um, to say no, and she just bit and said, okay, I'm gonna move into management, and she hated every bit of it, your perception of Ethel will completely change because you're like, man, she's not a good manager yep. <laughs> at all. She's not doing a phenomenal job. This is a horrible employee. And the reality is it's not Ethel's work ethic or skill. It's really a failure on leadership to not realize that she didn't have the skill set needed and yep. we were pushing her and we promoted her to failure. Or like you said, she may have had or the person may have the skill set, but they don't they don't have the why. Like they don't they don't have that really that strong reason that maybe you have as to why they want to get into leadership. Um, to all the things that Yvonne just mentioned, and we've had that conversation a number of times, too. Um, I'd always tell people, you got to pay the cost to be the boss. So if you don't have a strong why, it has to be more than just money as to why you really want to move up and to get into that that leadership role. Um, and I say leadership role because you can still be an individual contributor and still be a leader. Absolutely. But getting into one of those roles where you are a manager or a leader with a team and now you're responsible. And I often have, you know, kind of drawn on a whiteboard when I'm having these conversations, you know, a triangle and an inverted triangle. And it's really the, the difference between responsibility and rights. And when you're kind of on that front line level, you have a lot of rights and very little responsibility. But as you continue to move up that ladder and you start to get in those positions, then those things start to change. Your responsibility becomes so great and you have to be a good steward of that. And then your rights start to lessen and start to decrease because yep. it's easy for me to say, you know what, I'm going to call out or I'm going to quit. You know, if I'm yep. just that that one call center you know, individual out of 500 but now once I'm, you know, the one running the call center, mm -hmm. I can't just quit so easily. Mm -hmm. I just can't call out so easy. So my, my rights, again, decrease as my responsibility grows. And, and you have to really think about, am I willing to, to pay the cost, me individually, what it might mean to my family? And there's a lot of benefits, the money and all that kind of stuff. But am I willing to pay the cost to, to take on those responsibilities and realize the stewardship that I'm going to have and, and give it everything I got? And if I don't have a strong why, there's going to be tough times. Mm. You're going to be challenged. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to fail. And if my why is not strong enough, then I might want to quit or I might just start to, to really think maybe I wasn't really cut out for this. You were. You had the skill set, but again, it is your why and your reason for doing this in the right place. Well said, man. Well so, said. so for the people who are listening to this on a podcast, you're not going to get this. For, for those of you who are watching on YouTube, let me tell you what I just saw. I think Jimmy and Devon need to do a road show where Jimmy just starts talking about leadership and Devon just uses his hands <laughs> to kind of explain what's <laughs> happening. So that's why I started laughing because yeah. Jimmy's talking about the rights and little and small and Devon's like, with his hands and everything, I'm like, this is perfect. <laughs> Happy cracking up. The, we uh, are funny. We got a nice little partnership going. That's the uh, the learning development in me. Like you're used to being in front of the classroom, right? So you got to appeal to all the different learning styles. Right? I don't have the, we don't have the PowerPoint, so I got to use my hands. So like, oh, you're cracking small, me up. Bad, good. <laughs> no, but Jimmy. It's, it's, it's a teaching hands, but it's also the rapper hands. The rapper hands. If you're in a group, you may have your guy who's spitting his lyrics, but now I'm on the side. Right with him doing my thing. So I, I think we have a little of that going on too sometimes. I honestly think, I honestly think we should do a TikTok video of three 
older guys <laughs> trying to figure out TikTok and just do a music video talking about leadership. It's going to bomb horribly. I'm definitely down. I'm definitely down. <laughs> Perfectly okay. I'm down too, but if you're talking about older guys, I don't know if, if Devon is really in that group. So No, he's yeah. doing showing us how to use TikTok. Oh, then that's perfect. That's, that, perfect. that's, that's yes. where we need Devon, guys. That's it. That's where we need him. <laughs> I got you. No, but you know what, Jimmy? Um, that, that, so that is spot on. It really is, right? Because I know um, we have seen different things and people growing up in their career and getting to that level. Um, one of the things that you said that really stood out to me is the rights versus responsibility, right? Uh, because I have seen some people who aspire to be a leader and they've told me, and I, and, and I have seen, they just don't have what it takes. And here's what I saw, because when they asked me for feedback, I always tell them, you're asking me for my opinion. I'm going to give it to you. I want to have you pause for a second so you can think about what you just asked because I'm going to give you my opinion, right? Then I know, absolutely. Here's why you can't be a leader or why you shouldn't be a leader. You come in early, but you don't do a dang thing until you're about to clock in, right? That's number one. Now, from an hourly perspective, that's what you're supposed to do. But just the fact that you don't even try tells me that uh, you're not there. You are counting the out the uh, the the uh, minutes thirty minutes before you're supposed to clock out and go home, right? You don't care what's going on. You just care about going home. That tells me you're more worried about what you need to do outside of work than what you need to do in work. I'm not saying that you need to. Um, uh, sorry, my phone's ringing and it's making my wrist ring. So sorry about that. Um, I'm not saying that you have to um, just give your entire life to work, but work ethic is important. And people need to see that. More importantly, not just your boss needs to see that. The people who are under you need to see that. Because if they see you're slacking, guess what they're going to do? Either A, they'll do the same thing, or B, they're just not going to respect you as they should as a leader. Now, they will because of the title, right? But you don't want to create that kind of respect that they only respect you because of the title. Because that means they're going to do just enough not to get fired. Yep. But if they mm-hmm. follow you because they really believe in what you're doing, they're going to bend over backwards for you. Those are the kind of folks that they come into work with a broken leg and you're like, go home. And like, no, boss, but I got to get this done. Versus the other person is, achoo, FML, going home, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so, so cultivating that kind of a following really does take some work, right? So let me put this into perspective right around the corner is what the election it's coming up in about two or three weeks mm-hmm. right november 3rd regardless days. where you fall on the spectrum you as a leader have to be prepared of what's going to happen on november 3rd and what are you going to do with whatever issue happens on november 3rd when employees come back to work on november 4th of course i'm talking this political climate is really divided is I think from my perspective, I'm not saying this is a fact, from my perspective, I have never seen it this divided. People has, uh, have other views, that's fine. From my point of view, it's really, really divided. So I would only have to assume, based on what I see in the media, and you got to take that with a grain of salt, right, because they mm-hmm. all have their own agenda, based mm-hmm. on when you see in the media, you have to assume that everywhere else is divided as well. So what the people you see in the media, a percentage of those is represented in the call center, in the office, in the construction site. So you have to expect some kind of turmoil come November 4th. So 
for everybody, all the leaders out there listening right now, what do you tell them how to get ready for November 4th? Everybody else, no, November 3rd is a big day. For a leader who leads an office, November 4th is an even bigger day. What do you tell them? Well, I could start by sharing what um, I've already started to do with my squad. Um, knowing that the election is, you know, on the horizon and knowing that this climate is definitely charged. I mean, there's no mm-hmm. getting around it, right? You have a perfect storm of, um, you know, um, you know, mental health awareness and mental health issues. And then, you know, the pandemic, the lack of connection, and then, this, you know, the social injustice issues, right? And then you have already a divisive political climate before the pandemic even hit right um you have to be able to say look we need to lean into this and what i mean by that is it starts with equipping your leaders with being able to navigate that so we actually uh, pulled all of our leaders together and we had a we had a call right we had a call um you know a webex call zoom whatever you guys decide to use um where we talked about the company's stance on, um, on, you know, free speech on, um, expression, right. And how do we address, how do we address, um, or what will we decide to address, um, when people decide to express themselves? I think the first thing is being able to, to create a space to have that discussion, right. And to be frank with people and to lean into the fact that, Hey, it is a divisive, it is divisive right now. Right. And everybody has their different perspective. Right. Our job is not to police. Our job is not to police people's perspectives. Right. Our job is to ensure that we are maintaining an environment that is free of, you know, um, hate speech, right. Mm -hmm. Of um, anything that could be, um, you know, considered, you know, you know, highly offensive, right? When we're talking about, you know, people's, um, you know, religious beliefs or their ethnicity, mm-hmm. right? But outside of that, if folks want to come in and they want to wear a, you know, a MAGA hat, if they want to wear a Biden shirt, um, that is their right to be able to do so, right? That's their right to be able to do so. You may not personally agree with it, mm-hmm. and that's absolutely fine, right? That is absolutely fine. If somebody wants to come in with a Black Lives Matter, you know, hat, you may not person, personally believe in that movement, and that's fine. That's absolutely fine, as long as we are not confronting those individuals, challenging those individuals, and escalating it to the point that it becomes divisive, um, aggressive, and creating a hostile work environment from that, that perspective. Now, I will admit that my, my group, my business, is a little bit more you know, forward-thinking, a little bit more progressive, right, in terms of how we approach these these issues and social justice issues and just kind of our view. Um, I know for the longest, to be honest with you, for the longest, a lot of companies have approached these type of discussions with the kind of the, the stance that there is no space for those conversations at all inside of these four walls. And um, I got to be frank that that's a little bit of a, um, a dated yep. approach. Right? When you think when you think about the what you're trying to build and the culture that you're trying to build, you want people to to act as people. And here's the thing is, even if the company has a stance on that, you're not um, it doesn't mean that you eliminate it just because you have the stance. Right. What's really happening is that folks are finding other like minded individuals that share similar views and they're still having these discussions, but they're having these discussions absent of others perspective 
or being challenged. And so you continue to have this type of silo thinking that contributes to the divisiveness that we experience today, right? And so I think as leaders, we have to have a commitment to being able to create a space where people can be themselves and express themselves in a way that is not, again, um, you know, um, hyper offensive, right? Hyper offensive or attacking individuals because of their religious beliefs, their ethnicity, their sexual orientation, all of those things. So, so Devon, it's everything I believe in, you literally just said, right? Um, so, because I do believe in creating that space where people are free to have those conversations, but it's easier said than done though, right? Oh, it, it, sure. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's, controversial to say it because when I was in HR Florida 2020 this year, I did a presentation on exactly that. One of the things I proposed is to tell, not, not tell, but to allow your employees to talk about religion and politics in the office. Now, obviously people cringed, right? Cause they're, they're like, uh, why would we do that? You're asking for trouble. I'm like, well, wait a minute. I'm not saying you force them to do it. If the conversation comes up, if you already have established a culture where people are free to speak their mind, where they're respectful of each other's points of view, and the most important one, they know how to handle a healthy debate, healthy conflict, then that will work. So, Jimmy, to you, since it's easier said than done, what can a leader do to actually put that in place? How, how do you put that in place? I mean, Devon explained it, right, because it, I agree with him, but when you go to work tomorrow – you got to have those conversations with those leaders, uh, with your middle managers, and say, hey, this is coming up, ABC. How does that conversation go? The one thing that I was thinking about, you know, as Devon was, uh, was answering, was I think about communication skills. I think about emotional intelligence. I think about diversity and inclusion and understanding. And at least from my experience, all not all. But a lot of the things that are just not taught from a leadership perspective uh, that are not taught and not helped to be developed, even in frontline associates. And then even going back to what you just mentioned in a conversation we had before, Ricky, how those are topics that are, are not necessarily talked about. Nope. Um, sometimes even in the home, people don't talk about religion or uh, or politics and stuff like that. And then Ooh. especially when you think about a younger generation who is primarily on social media. And then Devon, you mentioned, you know, everybody, not everybody, but for the most part, we're isolated. We're in our homes, we're in front of the TV and we're on social media. And then social media is feeding us particular ideas and thoughts. And if that's all I'm focusing on now, I'm really just kind of talking to sound bites and yeah. not even really thinking about, again, what do I value? Why do I really value those things? And how do I have a conversation with somebody and try, I don't have to agree, but how do I just gain an understanding for what their values are and how those things are leading them to feel and to vote uh, or to, to you know, select a particular side one way or another? And I just think if on the front end that those are, are a lot of things, again, at least in, in my experience that are missing, that if, if a company was already doing these type of things and already had a strong policy in place for uh, again, diversity and inclusion and having those type of conversations, I don't think this is going to be as big of a challenge as the companies who haven't been doing it yeah. or the old school companies that might be like, you know, kind of an old school, even home environment where we just don't talk about it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I see that as well, where we're not even, we're not even having conversations. Yeah. So just the fact that, you know, I hear about Devon and where he's at and, and the fact that again, a more progressive company, but they're already thinking about those things and having those conversations and implementing some things. Um, that's just refreshing to hear. Um, I think it's, you just have to start the conversation. And like Devon said, is lean into it. Um, and I think let people know that again, man, it's okay to feel how you feel and it's okay for other people to feel how they feel. As long as, again, they're not saying anything that is truly um, going to be super divisive or again, hate speech. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we get a little, you know, what hate speech is to, to you might not be the same thing as Correct. somebody else, but they're obviously in a business perspective, like we have to have those certain lines and, and standards and understanding. Um man, just listen to folks. And even, you know, again, you don't have to, to, to agree, but just try to get a good understanding where people are coming from. And I think if, if we can really do that and listen more than we're trying to talk and just speak our agenda or why we feel the way that we feel, um, it'll help in, in easing some of those conversations and, and really creating an environment where we can have intelligent, thoughtful and even sometimes passionate conversations but yet it doesn't lead to you know people arguing or you know getting into physical altercations and people potentially losing their jobs or getting in in trouble because they can't control you know their emotions and and that passion just gets out of it just gets out of reach yeah actually real quick um one of the things you shared jimmy which i i it brought up this kind of this resounding point for me. When you talk about diversity and inclusion, you talk about, you continue to stress the importance of if companies already have a policy around diversity and inclusion, um, it makes it easier to navigate these things. I think the real challenge or gut check for leaders too is when we hear diversity and inclusion, I think we instantly have this picture of either um, you know, the, the hallmark picture, right. Uh, that kind of has like all the different, um, skin colors and ethnicities yeah. and backgrounds like, Oh, we're diverse. The perfect, mm-hmm. pot. the perfect right, the, pot. Yeah, the, exactly. Instead of really embracing, uh, what diversity and inclusion means holistically, right. Which is also there's diversity of thought, mm-hmm. right. There's the diversity of thought. And, um, I think sometimes we are, we want to be diverse in terms of our, you know, visual, our visual makeup, our ethnic makeup, right. Our orientation makeup of our workforce, but we want to be homogenous in our thought, right. I want everybody to think the same way that I think, cause it just makes it easier to operate. Right. Um, and if you do that, you're really selling yourself short as an organization. You're robbing yourself of talent. You're robbing yourself of ingenuity. You're robbing yourself of innovation. You're robbing yourself of growth, right? Because you need a diversity of thought in order to um, create the culture that you need to create um, in order to drive growth, in order to be on the forefront of innovation, right? Um, And to really drive connection, right? There Mm. are experiences that I've had, that you've had, that Ricky Ricky has, has had that are all diverse and different. And you need a combination of all three because each one of us is going to connect and speak to somebody in a different way that the others can't. Right. And so if I'm going to be the the most effective organization, the most effective culture, the most effective leader, I have to be able to mm. promote a diversity of thought and truly mean it, not just, uh, again, go after the the perfect uh, pot, the stock image, <laughs> right? The stock image of the diverse folks jumping yeah. up in the air. Like you love working here. <laughs> right. That's that's not really uh, uh, diversity and inclusion. Yeah. 
Um, you have to promote diversity. So well. it's I got to jump on that train, Devon, because you are a hundred percent spot on. It's you look coming from somebody who's developed countless of diversity classes and had really hardcore conversations with uh, with with that subject. One of the things that other organizations neglect to throw in there is exactly what you said, a diversity of thought, diversity of point of view. And, uh, it, it, it's, and, it, and it's something that for some reason, for some reason, it, it, it just, it's just not gaining any traction, right? Now, as far as religion and politics are concerned in the office, it, it's one thing that I did talk about at that HR Florida class is that the reason... For you to really address why people, uh, how to navigate those conversations and why people get so upset, you have to truly understand why they really do get upset. And at the end of the day is this. When, look, it, it's, we could talk about how horrible the Yankees are all day. We could talk about how, how the Lakers, they won, well, whatever. But you can like <laughs> them or not. But at the end of the day, normal people, they're like, ah, okay, it is. It is what it is. We'll have a beer and then go. Now, I say no more because you got some people out there that they take that seriously, dude. <laughs> they will fight you. They got, they fight I'm not, you. Look, for, for, for anybody listening out there, if you run into Devon, don't tell him the Vikings suck. No. No, because he, he will jump in front of a bus. <laughs> he, he will do that, right? <laughs> Even though they do. But it's okay. It, it's, I'm a Giants fan, and they're doing great. I'm about to say, year. we're in the same boat, bro, for sure. <laughs> Speaking no, of I boats, <laughs> <laughs> Giants haven't done well since that boat picture. <laughs> but okay. Uh, I know. There you yeah, go. That is true. That, that is, is true. true. Ever since that picture was taken, I'll make sure I put it on the video here um, uh, <laughs> once we go live on, uh, on, uh, on, on YouTube. But look. The reason people get so upset is because if somebody believes in their religious sect, whatever it is, so deeply that if they hear a compelling argument, right? So hear me out. A compelling argument that contradicts what they grew up with, you're challenging their entire existence. Mm -hmm. And what happens is people put their dukes up. And they start getting, because now you're challenging me. You're challenging what I identify with, whether you decided to do it on purpose or not. Not only me, my mom, my dad, my grandpa, my grandma, my entire family. So people really take that to heart. So in order for people to, if look, if, if you're going to go out there and really have these conversations at work, if you're 99.9% .9 sure you can do it, don't. You need to be 110% sure you can navigate those conversations, number one. Number two, you've got the right people on board. So this comes back to recruiting, and it comes back to who you bring on. Don't just hire just because they got the most credentials. That's ridiculous. Look for minimum qualifications, and they have to have the chemistry. This is what I call the chemistry meeting. They have to have the chemistry with the rest of the team. That way they can mesh well. But at the very least, you got to have those minimum qualifications. But one of the things, guys, that I really wish college courses or majors would offer is emotional intelligence classes. Yes. They do not push that nearly as, as, as much as I would like to see because you guys have seen it. I see some leaders that they really let their emotions get the best of them. Now, it's okay for a leader to show emotion, but this leader has to be an expert on how to channel that emotion properly because you don't want to seem emotionless to your team, but you want to show them that you're a freaking human being as well, but you know how to channel that, right? How do you get 
somebody who is an okay leader, who just doesn't have their emotions in check, how do you guide them through that process where it's influential and it doesn't come across that if I don't do this, I get fired? <laughs> um, so I actually have um, I have some experience with that. <laughs> uh, okay, I actually have some experience with that. Um, I, was, I was working with a I was working with a leader who, um, ext- you know, extremely hardworking, um, charismatic, um, able to connect with folks, hungry, passionate. Passionate is probably the best word I can use to describe this individual. Passionate, passionate. Um, and at times, that passion would get out of balance. Right. Mm. Um, because either um, they were adamant that their perspective was the right perspective to have or, um, you know, they didn't they didn't have confidence in uh, what somebody else was telling them or they were frustrated that somebody wasn't moving at the speed that they were moving at. Right. And so for me in that situation, it actually it worked out because I had you know, taking a little bit of time off, like for a couple of days, um, you know, for family. And when I came back, um, I, my inbox was flooded with feedback uh, about this, this leader in particular. Right. Um, and I knew what their aspirations were. And I think that's where it comes back to having honest conversations and understanding uh, what people's aspirations and motivations are, what is their why. And so then I was able to have a, a frank discussion with that leader um, around how they're being perceived by the individuals that they aspire to lead one day. Right. So I understand, I know what your why is. I know what your motivation is, right. You've entrusted me to help steward you, to guide you like your GPS Mm -hmm. along the way. Right. And so my job is to tell you where you need to make turns and what directions you need to make, but not fully tell you how to get there. Right. Just like the GPS, it doesn't tell you what music to listen to windows up or down. None (laughs) of that. It just says, Hey, you got to make this left, make this right. You're going to end up at your destination. So you've entrusted me to be your GPS um, on this this leadership journey, this, this development journey for you. Let me tell you where you made a wrong turn, right? And I started asking questions about the interaction. And instead of just telling them what was said, I asked them to walk me through the interaction from start to finish, right? So talk to me about how this meeting went, right? Okay, what would you guys talk about, right? What did you say? How did they respond, right? And as I'm having them you know, walk me through and I'm saying, okay, let's stop there. What, like, what are their body? Like, I, I hear what you're telling me. They said, what did their body language say? Right. Um, that's when you start seeing things click, right. It's being able to have that moment of reflection, that moment of self self self-awareness and, um, anybody who has listened to the podcast, you know, we love, um, the occasional sports reference, right. Um, for me, I guess today is no different. (laughs) <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Today's no different. Go ahead. For, for me growing up, um, I got better as an athlete when I was able to study the film, when I was able mm. to remove myself from the first person view of that interaction of that play and be able to take the bird's eye and see, oh, man, yeah, I missed that block or I missed I missed here or yeah, that's what I was trying to achieve. But I didn't achieve that. Right. And then we had a discussion around where my technique was off. And so that's what exactly what I did with this leader. I had them walk me through it. I bought to their attention where, hey, you had all these signs that were telling you you weren't connecting, mm. right? You rubbed some individuals the wrong way, right? So let's talk about where your technique was off, right? I understand what you're trying to accomplish. Let's talk about where your technique was off. Um, and then after you have that level setting conversation, it's getting um, commitment from them to be able to bring to their attention 
every single time they do it moving forward, right? Because now we've had the teaching, we've had the, the opportunity to talk about technique and where your technique is off, right? Now, when you're in the game, my job is to be able to bring to your attention every single time you miss a block, every single time your technique is off, every single time you, you know, you, you stepped in it again, right? And because we have a relationship built on trust, mm-hmm. Um, they respond, they responded effectively to that. And so um, I was able to see some tremendous inroads with that, that leader. Um, And I'm also a firm believer. I don't tell, I don't give direction to leaders on what they need to do in order to resolve it. There you go. So I tell them, Hey, right. You know, you stepped in it, right? So what do you do from here? Mm -hmm. Obviously you got to get better. And then I let them come to the conclusion, man, I got to make this right. Okay. Well, how do you want, how would you, you know, how do you propose you make it right? What do you want to do? And they tell it. I've had some leaders that have said, you know, I need to go back and apologize and connect with these individuals and clarify. I've had other leaders that just felt like all I needed to do was make the the correction moving forward and not address it again. Um, But I think they have to be bought into it. Right. Because if I tell them, hey, you need to go and um, uh, apologize to Ricky for how you offended him, it will be (laughs) it'll be um, (laughs) it will not be genuine. Yeah. It will not come across as sincere, and it's probably going to damage the relationship even further. You're checking a right? box. And yeah. You're yep. checking a box, and Ricky's going to be like, man, you man whatever. Because you heard Devon's mouth. That's right. right now, <laughs> I'm, now I'm extra annoyed, right? Because not only are you super passionate and a bit of an a-hole, yep. but now I also know that you're um, you're the type of person that's not sincere. Yep. So you got mm-hmm. three three strikes against you. So um, for me, I've always found success doing that. Um, I don't know about you, Jimmy. So actually, for so so – Jimmy, for you, so given what Devon just said, let's say you did give that feedback, right, to to that junior leader, and that junior leader just doesn't take that feedback well. How do you handle that? Like, I know what I'm doing. Leave me alone, boss. I got this. Well, I would. I think I would go back to, like, the film doesn't lie, right? Mm-hmm. So if if you feel like you have everything under control – there, there obviously is some type of problem because we're having, uh, we're getting this particular feedback, we're getting some kind of complaints or at least some concerns that, that were brought to our attention. So something wasn't done right. If, if, the, if you made that mistake once and you're not going to make any adjustments, then you're putting yourself right back into that situation where you're going to be able to make that mistake again. Um, and then even kind of what Devon said, and if, if people know that you're getting this coaching and, and or this mentorship and then you're still not like, it's not me, like I'm doing everything I can to help you, but you're not, you're not taking the guidance. You're not getting, you know, taking the support uh, and looking to really apply things. Um, in the end, you know, they're, they're definitely letting the people down, but they're letting themselves down. Um, I, I had had a conversation with somebody last weekend, just trying to help them through kind of goal setting. Uh, and we went through the goal setting, you know, portion and um, we did not, necessarily dive into kind of the the action plan right that was really the next step uh, we talked about some things but then we we kind of set the goal they set the goal because it wasn't mine it was theirs uh, and a week went by and I saw this individual again this has nothing to do with work just somebody that I'm helping out kind of coaching on on the outside and um, and they said I, I let you down like I, I didn't mm. accomplish you know any of the goals and I was like well I appreciate that I said but really you let yourself down like mm-hmm. you're not doing it for me. You're doing it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and in these situations, hopefully you're also doing it for the, again, the people that you're entrusted with and the opportunity yeah. that you're entrusted with. Uh, so I would, I would take them back to how they got into that spot in the first place. Let's talk about that. And if you're not able to, to see that there were some mistakes made and you're not willing to accept that, then that gets back to 
you know, you really have to check yourself in regards to your humility. And are you coachable? Are you teachable? Uh, and as a leader, you have to be humble enough to say, you know what? Yeah, I've made some mistakes. Let me absorb this. Let me learn from this. And at least take some time. Maybe they don't agree right away with the feedback or the instruction, but you know what? Hey, take some time, digest it. Think about what we just discussed. Think about some of the suggestions. Think about maybe what you would do differently, if anything. And then, you know, let's let's give it a day or so and then come back and let's revisit again. Because uh, they may, you know, you talked about the person being very passionate. They just may be so caught up even in the emotion at that point that they're just not allowing themselves to, to absorb and to let those things digest. Uh, so I might even yeah. give them some time and then come back and then kind of see where their head's at after that. But you would let them go through those emotions, right? Because it's important yeah. for them to recognize yeah, it, absolutely. right? Yeah, say, yeah So absolutely. I've seen some leaders that they don't let their employees express those emotions. if, And they kind of, not literally, but just slap their hand whenever they have an, not an outburst, but like any kind of a sign of emotion because they say that shows weakness. Never say you don't know because that shows weakness. And I, I, I'm not going to lie, coming from the military, in the Marine Corps, when I was in back then, no, don't you dare say I don't know. Things have changed right now, right? Because now leadership is a little bit different. I still got some friends in there who say no. They actually, if you don't know, they, they make you take a step back. Uh, say you don't know, but at least show people how to find the answer. The, folks, this is what people don't understand, right? As a leader, you don't have to know everything. Mm -hmm. You just have to be that influence to show people where to go and how to figure that out, just like college, right? In college, it, it's depending on what you're going for, it doesn't necessarily teach you things, like tangible things. It just teaches you how to research, how to read. Oh, not read. You know what I mean, right? I, I, yeah. Just just how research, to research. resourceful. Exactly. How to think, how to learn, how to look at, at things differently. If you don't know, take a step back and you know where to look, right? Especially in law school. I don't know if you know this. Law school, yeah, it teaches you the law, but it teaches you how to think like an attorney. I mean, think about it, because if you went to law school and it teaches you the law, don't you have to learn every freaking law in the book <laughs> at some point, right? No, it teaches you how to learn. So I think this is what we have to do with our junior leaders and for those hourly associates who aspire to be leaders is to give them that opportunity to learn. Mm -hmm. But hear me out. If you give them that opportunity to learn, you have to give them the opportunity to fail gracefully and mm -hmm. learn from that failure. You can't give them an opportunity to learn, but not give them an opportunity to really learn from failing if you really scared the living crap out of them if they fail, right? Yep. So that so those again, here I am with my shampoo reference. It's got to be that Pantene two and one. I'm going to send them a bill. Right? <laughs> I'm going to send them a bill. This is the second time I I mentioned that. Watch next episode sponsored by Pantene. That's three times. <laughs> I need to stop that. <laughs> I do need to stop that. No, but that that opportunity needs to be there and. I have seen leaders that they're not confident in their abilities to let somebody else either make a mistake because maybe they, it may make them look bad. But you know what else I've seen? They don't let their employees shine because they're afraid that they might outshine them. And come on, shouldn't that be a badge of honor? Shouldn't that be a badge of honor if your employees is knocking it out of the park and they're on your team? Why is it that some leaders really don't like to have other people take that spotlight and they want it all for themselves. So from your perspective, what do you think is driving that? Go ahead, D. <laughs> 
So uh, for me, he's thinking um, of a sports I, reference. No, that's I what he's doing. I'm not. Yeah, okay. I, promise, I honestly, I don't even think of them. They just, they just it just come. comes. <laughs> yeah, they just come. <laughs> doesn't help your case. Okay, <laughs> I got it. Um, you know, for me, when I've seen leaders like that, um, it's two things, man. It's really um, ego, mm. right? It's uh, it's an ego, um, twofold, right? Um, I think <clears throat> the you know, the, the leader that's insincere or not genuine, right. Their greatest fear is that being exposed. Mm. It's being exposed Mm. that, that I'm, that I'm a fraud, right. That is their greatest fear. And they do everything in their power in order to protect that turf. Right. Um, in order to make sure that nobody looks behind the curtain, right. Because I don't want you to know that I'm not the great and powerful Oz, right. (laughs) And that I'm just a man. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm just a person. I'm just a human being. Right. I want you to have this perception of me as a larger than life personality, because to some extent, I know that I didn't necessarily pay the cost or put in the work uh. to be the boss. Right. And so um, when every time I've encountered that, it has really been that it's knowing that or that leader knowing that, you know, I don't I really I'm really, a, you know, out of my depth here. Right. And so if people start seeing that somebody else is more talented, more capable, and they report to me, then what do they need me for? Right. It's yeah. because they have this misconception of what leadership is. Right. I have to be, I have to be the Google, right. <laughs> I have to be the one stop, stop answer. If um, Ricky who's reporting to me knows more than me, then, Oh man, I'm, I'm Jeeves now. I'm Ash Jeeves now. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm dated. They're going to get rid of me. Right? I forgot you, about Ash Jeeves. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey. wow. That's yeah, back right? in the MySpace days. Okay. <laughs> I got it. I got yeah. it. Um, okay. And so um, I think a lot of the things that we're touching on, not just about how leaders respond to, you know, having, you know, other talented individuals and not giving them the opportunity to shine or, um, you know, leaders that are not willing to embrace or accept feedback goes back to a point that you made, Ricky, about what type of talent are we really attracting? Right. I think there's a lesson in there, even for you as a leader, when you um, get confronted with that leader who's not willing to take ownership and doesn't see anything wrong with how they've blown up and maybe have violated the trust of people that they're a steward to lead or um, that is going out of their way to to prevent somebody from growing and shining and giving them credit and robbing them. Mm -hmm. There was a clearly there was a failure in my, my talent acquisition mm. process, right? What did I assess wrong? What did I not ask? What did I ignore in the interview process that allowed this individual to be a part of my team? Because if I'm doing it right and I'm not just hiring for the, you know, the most qualified from a credentials perspective, but I'm also thinking about the minimum qualifications plus the, the, the culture plus the chemistry, right? If I'm doing that right, then this type of individual shouldn't have even made it, you know, you know, pass the, pass the pre-screen or the offer, right? They should never receive the offer letter. And if they did, then something was off and I need to recalibrate, yeah. right? So I, I got to address it and I have to recalibrate. Jimmy, thoughts on that? I was trying to remember what the question was. <laughs> He's still trying to think of a, a sports no, analogy. No, like, I, back in my lacrosse I love sports. So he's the one with the sports analogies. <laughs> yeah, that's me. No, but I, I think it gets back into just, you know, insecurity and, and you know, knowing, knowing yourself, man. And, and, you know, the having, just being confident in who you are, 
and whatever that may be. And if you're not willing to, to put the time and the calories and invest those into getting better, then ultimately that's on you. But like, you know, people, they have this fear of either losing talent. So they try to keep people down uh, or they have a a fear, like you said, Ricky, of being outshined by somebody else. Um, But to me, it also gets back to, you know, servant leadership, right? And if I'm really looking to serve others as opposed to being a self-serving leader, then I don't care. Like uh, Devon mentioned, it's a badge of honor. Like I want to be able to talk about how many people got promoted, not because of me, but, you know, I had something to do in their journey that helped them to get to that next level. Uh, And when we talk about leaving a legacy, like that's truly my legacy. Mm -hmm. It's not the people that I was able to hold down. It's the people that were able to grow uh, and and move on to other companies and do different things and, and continue to aspire and become who I feel God put them here to be. Because again, I was in some way able to influence them. Um, and I just think if you have like the completely opposite mindset, like it's, it is, it's just weak. It's insecurity. Like you got some things that maybe happened back in the past. Maybe you got mm-hmm. some daddy issues that you still haven't worked out. Like go talk to somebody, go talk mm-hmm. to somebody, you know, yeah. either hopefully your company provides some resources or, you know, go to a counselor and talk about those things so that you can really have a much more positive influence on the people around you. And I say that tongue in cheek, but, but really like, that's okay in itself is realizing, you know what, man, I do got some things and like, it's coming across all people in a particular way that it's not healthy. It's not beneficial for them. It's not really beneficial for me in the end. Um, And it's okay, you know, to, to go get help and try to get better as a person so that you can be better for the people that are around you. So two things I caught with what Devon said and what you just said, right? Because, and I'll focus on what you just, what you just said first is Mm self-awareness, right? Um, the ability to look at that 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 mirror and see what you're putting out there, right? It, it's I always take it back to when you first heard yourself being recorded. So the first time you've heard your your voice on a recorder, you're like, oh my god, that is not what I sound like, right? And you have to get used to that. So I always tell people, especially my students, you are the experts. And what you're putting in your head and what you're taking out there. But listen to the people who receive your message because they are the experts on how that message is received. Mm-hmm. Right? So you have to listen to that feedback and you have to have that open mind and more importantly, that, emo- that open emotional uh, fortitude to be able to take those hits because it's not all going to be rosy, right? It, it's, you're going to get, if they're really honest with you, you're going to get some stuff that you don't want to hear. But I always use that analogy because, you know, that first time you heard yourself on how you come across, you're like, that, that is not how I sound like that. Bro, you're the only one who thinks that. Everybody else who listens to you, that's exactly like what that. you sound like. So listen to that feedback. So, Jimmy, you're 100% right. You've got to be self-aware. And, and what Devon said, look, not to bring it back to HR, but it, it really goes back to the hiring. What are you giving that recruiter to look for? And what indicators are you putting in, into your hiring process to give you those, uh, those, that point of view for you to see how this person is going to react to issues later on? That is important. So you got to have an emotional intelligence type of a leader because, again, if you don't have emotional intelligence there, it, it, it's, they're going to fail. Because they're not going to be able to pick up those verbal cues that what Devon was talking about earlier. But it really all goes back to hiring. So, folks, with that said, we are at the point where we're going to transition real quick. And we're going to 
Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for your weekly current events. Ladies and gentlemen, these current events today is brought to you by the Legacy in Leadership Podcast. You want to hear Devon talk about his personalities? Tune in to the Legacy in Leadership Podcast. He is <laughs> really good at that, sports. I hear. <laughs> it's, it's not for sports analogies only. No, I know. Legacy I'm kidding. I'm... We got you guys. <laughs> No, actually, I do have a story, uh, a current event story. This is an an HR-related one, but I really want to get your take on it, right? So this is from, and this is a weird newspaper. This is from Laconia Daily Sun. I'll put it up. And here's the title. HR manager says she was fired over COVID quarantine. Very timely. So this is in Manchester. When Deborah Dinola said two employees returning from a U.S. I'm sorry, when Deborah Denola said two employees returning to the United States from Asia needed to quarantine, she was fired from her job as an HR manager for, quote, exaggerated the China virus, according to the lawsuit Denola filed in the U.S. District Court in Concord. They used the China virus? They, they, really, they really did say that, right? Wow. If you want to see this story, go to La Cunha Daily Sun. This is from uh, by Damian Fisher. Uh, okay, so so uh, the the HR manager filed a lawsuit against her former employer, a German manufacturer called Frudenberg Knock Ceiling Technologies, in June. I gotta find a story that I could actually read these uh, names. The company has operations in the U.S., including Ashland, Bristol, Northfield, and Manchester. So the HR manager claims the leaders at the organization were unhappy that she told two employees to stay home when they were coming home from an agent trip and she just told him to go ahead and stay home so the organization called her into into their office and they kind of scolded her for overreacting for exaggerating that not even knowing for a fact that 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 these employees were um um uh infected with the COVID-19 virus or not but she kind of you know pulled the trigger early from their perspective and in essence she was fired so she filed a suit, and I'm scrolling because I'm not going to read the whole thing, but at the end of the day, that suit is still going. Um, now, she was fired. She had earnings of $90,000 a year. She searched, she's looking for damages. What are your thoughts on that? Should they have fired her for that? Or I mean, look, I know the answer to this, right? I know what you guys are going to say. But it's HR. But, but, it's HR's fault, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's HR's fault. Wow. HR is always overreacting. Finger pointing all over. <laughs> <laughs> classic ops. Classic I need a ops beer. Answer. I need a beer. Right, right? Isn't it Devon? Isn't it Devon? Well, Dan, <laughs> HR. <laughs> no, but I asked, her, I asked her what to do. She said fire. <laughs> <or something. laughs> it's crazy. Well, you know there are people out there who do believe that this is a hoax, right? So it's from from a leadership perspective, right? Not even getting my thoughts in it from an HR point of view. Although I know how you guys think, so I know which way you're going to go. But for the sake of the audience who may not know you, what do you say to that? Um, I mean, bluntly, they tripping. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're tripping. Like, so here's the thing that I can at least appreciate about the steps that she took, and maybe she did um, overstep her her you know, her boundaries a bit with making a decision unilaterally without engaging her operations Mm -hmm. partners. Um, But 
I can appreciate the fact that she's operating with an abundance of caution. Um, I think for, you know, us as ops leaders, our number one, you know, kind of, um, you know, mission, you know, from a leadership perspective is to ensure the safety and security of our staff first and foremost, right? Um, that's part of the reason why we prioritize things like, um, you know, the facilities and making sure that, you know, there's no uh, slip trip hazards and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got to avoid lawsuits, but it's really about like, you need to have a place, a safe place for your people to be able to focus on work. If they're focused mm-hmm. on their safety, they're not focused on your customer, they're not focused on driving, you know, driving results for the business, everybody loses, right? So I appreciate the the abundance of caution that she's operating with. And yeah. I think um, for them, you know, they need to be able to take a step back. And if they disagree with her, you know, her decision, well, where's the happy medium, right? Well, you know, maybe they don't need a quarantine for the full 14 days. Maybe, okay, yeah, that's the right call to not have them come into the office before they actually take a test. If they took a test and that test re- return is negative, then I want to bring them back, right? And put and push on your HR partner. Now, yep. um, again, I think her operating unilaterally, that kind of gets you into trouble. Um, for sure, I think we have to make sure that operations and HR are partnering and having communications about these things. Um, but um, the, for them to just uh, let her go, yeah, they tripping. They, oh. you know, they probably going to lose that lawsuit. Oh, they are. Trust me, they are. I can tell you right now, I am not an attorney. I don't claim to be one, and I did not sleep at the hot of the inn last night. I'm going to send them a bill for that one. They are going to lose that one big time, especially with everything happening right now. Yeah. Jimmy, any thoughts? Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, you know, there's you know things that we don't know uh, from reading the article, and, and I'm sure just a lot more to that story. But like, what are their policies? Did they even have policies in place? Like, were they being um, negligent in in not having things in place for situations like this? Maybe they don't have a lot of people coming back, you know, from from overseas. Um, I think, you know, maybe to like Devon's point, the only fault is if she knows that's the type of company that she's working for and they didn't have policies, did she talk to them ahead of time and mm-hmm. say, hey, like, this is the situation. How should we handle this? This is how I feel about this because of everything that is going on and the facts that are out there. Um, but yeah, if you don't have any policies in place and you're not leading your human resources team and you're not leading your leadership team uh, regardless, like in the end, that comes back on you. It's yeah. not her fault. That's your fault. So, you know, it, it's it's funny you guys mentioned policy, right? Because it's really odd. So I got to give you guys kudos. It's really odd to find operations to be like, what's the policy? Because normally they don't do that, right? So true leaders really go that route. So I really do appreciate that. Now, with that said, let's say there wasn't a policy in place. With everything happening with everything going on right now, you've got to fall back on the prudent person rule. And in the, and in the, in the legal world, the prudent person rule is, what would the reasonable person do, right? If there isn't a policy, it doesn't mean you allow them to work. Common sense will say, you know what, stay home, right, stay home. Even if there isn't a policy, err on the side of caution. Mm-hmm. Have them quarantine and pay them for the time. Go figure. That way, nobody's in trouble. Nobody's worried about their pocketbook. Obviously, the uh, the leadership in that organization, um, they really wanted them to work, and they got really upset. They kind of jumped the gun on their own. But yeah, it's it's it, it's you really have to fall back on that policy. The absence of that policy, the prudent person rule comes into play, and common sense really does dictate. Um, I'm going to stick around with that one because I'm going to see where that one's going to end up. 
because I'm pretty sure that's going to cost that organization quite a bit way more than of money. Salary. No, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, way more than salary. <laughs> I will say that this is where uh, operations diverges just a little bit. I wouldn't be so quick to just pay her, pay them completely. Uh, while they quarantine, here we go. To, here we go. Solution. I would try to solution to see if there was a way for them to work. Work from home. Remote, yes, if there's remote work capabilities. No, of course. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's okay. Whatever. 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 Right, right. Go, go no, you know what? <laughs> just, just come on back. Go to the beach. Go hang out. It's <laughs> so, oh, no. Got, you're right. It's on us. It's on us. <laughs> like no, no, no. <laughs> no, I get that. Right. I mean, obviously, you've got to be physically responsible, but paying them for that two weeks even even again if there isn't any policies paying them for the two weeks that Mm -hmm. that expense that does not generate any roi it is peanuts to what a lawsuit's going to be yeah because that's what's happening right now not just that not just the lawsuit the the potential loss of productivity if they actually are infected and they get uh, they expose other employees like honestly whoever is in charge of the operations leaders that made the decision to let her go um, they need to be talked to. Like, oh, you, think it's a, you think it's a good idea to expose our entire workforce and uh, potentially cripple our productivity? Come on now. The, oh, because that's, of the what? That's, the China virus. China virus. China that's your thought process. <laughs> and now I'm going to have to pay out this lawsuit. Uh, yeah. Why don't you go join her? Yep. They'll be. <laughs> no, because she might come back <laughs> and get some money on top of it. All right. Now, that's the only story I have for that now. Perfect transition, right? The HR talk show would not be. HR Talk without. In a world, at a time, in a place with some things, there could be a man, there could be a woman, either from Florida. These are your Florida <laughs> stories. Thank you. <laughs> you got to throw that laugh in there. <laughs> Thank you, JC. Oh, wait, there's more. Wait, the whisper. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, JC. JC has a uh, like radio voice as you like uh talk show host radio voice like um you know kind of that off-screen voice that like, he does a good job conan <laughs> right conan or david right <laughs> like, oh, snap. he does a good job but you know and, and um i know I, I i was joking around with jimmy last week because i'm like dude everywhere i walk i wanted you to go ahead and do the intro for me right just but i told jc the same thing a long time ago when we hung out back in the day and he used to do that that very same thing <laughs> just out of nowhere at a hooters it was a blast awesome. it really was a blast <laughs> all right no for this for for this story this is actually a clip this is from florida orlando news six channel six check it out a flagler county man finds himself behind bars deputies say he pulled out an ar-15 on a census worker the victim told deputies he heard a shot fired as he walked off the property news six's lauren corn has the body cam video of the arrest so, sir, you're trespassing. I said, did you not just see that sign you walked past? I'm a U.S. Census employee, and I've just had a gun pulled on me. Deputies put the cuffs on 32-year-old Michael Cooper on Monday, who's accused of pulling a gun on a census worker for trespassing on his property. The census worker saw the homeowner sitting on the porch, entered through an open gate, and tried to explain to the uh, homeowner why... In fact, he was there. Authorities say Cooper went inside and returned with an assault-style rifle, demanding him to leave. After they left, I fired one round because I don't keep 
I don't keep loaded firearms in my house. <laughs> were they on the property when you fired the round? No. But authorities say not only did he fire a shot before the census worker left, he pointed the gun at him. As the census worker turned around to retreat from the property, that the homeowner actually raised the rifle with the barrel of the gun at the census worker's back the entire time <laughs> as he followed him off of the property. Cooper told deputies he had no idea the man was a census worker. Government employee, that's all he said. Okay. Did, okay. Did you see the <laughs> sign on the front of his truck that said he was with? No, there's no sign. Not only did we see the the placard on the truck and we saw the lanyard, but we have two independent witnesses that also said that was very clearly and easily identified. The sheriff's office tells me even though this man had no trespassing signs on his property, federal workers are allowed to go anywhere postal workers go. They can, in fact, disregard that no trespassing sign to enter the property. But deputies say if someone tells you to leave their property, it's best you should or could turn into a similar situation. We just don't know that the census worker got enough warnings from the homeowner before the homeowner decided to retrieve a weapon. Cooper is now charged with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. In yes. now, Lauren Corner, getting results, <laughs> News 6. Wow. Okay, mm. look, so... <laughs> I, did, I didn't know that a federal employee can go anywhere that a postal worker can go. That's a, I didn't know that neither. Know. Here's the part that got me. When the cops were asking him, did he identify himself, anything like that? And he said, well, all he said was a government worker. That's it. And the cops like, oh, okay, stop. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I mean, if it's IRS. I <laughs> you need to back up off my property. Look, now. look. Let me tell you, man. It's look. I love where I live. I really do. I know we get a bad rap because of situations like this. Um, I haven't been shy about my my Second Amendment right. I do own weapons. Um, if and I do want people to to be able to own them. If it's done responsibly. Possibly. This cat got got a uh, he got arrested. Um, I just can't believe that they they he just decided to just raise the weapon, fire at the guy after he identified himself as a government as worker. Worker. And I learned that too. Also, Devon, that I didn't know they can go wherever a postal person can go. That I didn't know. But even then, if you say get out my property, you better leave unless, you know, it's a cops and they got to be there for right. that. So from a leadership perspective, you see the story and you see this is one of your top leaders. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing I'm thinking. Like, oh, no. What well, do you do I, with that? One, I think, one, I think, um, you know, they say there's three sides to every story. I don't think we really heard the real dialogue between him and the census worker. Mm -hmm. I think it, I think it really went more like, hey, I'm you know I'm with the government with the census. We need to know how many people live here. Uh, and the Florida man responded like, "There's 16 of us, me and this AR-15." <laughs> <laughs> and then proceeded to to pull barrel on him. So, um, Devon, he's just... <laughs> so uh, for for me again, if I hear that, I'm immediately there's two things that go through my mind because I don't have the answers. Is oh Lord, and then it'll be in. You know, if we were still working together, let me call Ricky. <laughs> Ricky, hey, this is what's going on, man. <laughs> hey, here's what's going on. I'll be like, I already know. I saw it too. <laughs> he lives next to me. I heard the shots. I'm the one who called the cops. <laughs> uh, yeah, people be tripping. So, Jimmy, what if this was your right hand person? What if this was your second in command at your organization? What I mean, what, yes, you call HR. 
right? I say, you know what? We got to fire him. And you're like, no, I want to keep him. I'm not saying you will say that. <laughs> Jim is like, like, wait, what? What am I going to do? Put words in my mouth. <laughs> I'm glad you caught it. I did that on purpose because I'm like, let me see if it follows through with it. He's like, no, no wait a minute. I'm not going to do that. All right. I got you. What do you yeah, do? Yeah. I mean, decision making is important for any leader. <laughs> and uh, again, like Devon said, you know, there's uh, three sides to the story, right? But, um, Based on what I've just heard, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know that that was the best decision made. And mm. if you're going to be um, quick to uh, react in situations like that, especially in, in a manner where you're threatening deadly force, yeah. uh, I don't know that I really want you on my team. Um, again, it's just it's just not good decision making uh, from I my mean, perspective. I mean, if nothing else, right, because, you know, it could play out that there was more to the story and mm-hmm. the yeah. incident escalator, right? But if nothing else, like, it, you're you're at least suspended until this all gets figured out. Oh, yeah, for course, sure. Right? Like, I can't have you back here. Um, now, look, if, if, you know, you go to court and everything ends up coming back that you operated well within your rights, then absolutely we have a space for you, right? We have a space for you with the organization. Um, but if it comes to light that that's not the case then the business has to make a different decision. Um, but I think to your point too, Jimmy, just, you know, the decision-making and um, other things like that. I mean, hell, I would hate to, you know, I would, I would have second thoughts about like, man, if I got to deliver a uh, disciplinary action, yeah. <laughs> hey, like, yeah, hold on real quick, just stand up. Let me just, I want to hold on, Jimmy, doesn't, Devon sound like he's actually had to have that conversation before with somebody he opened fire and somebody else. You um, you answered that so detailed and so specifically, almost as if that happened last week. Uh, it didn't happen last week, but um, <laughs> but we, but I, I don't I don't know if you this remember, is the podcast. This is the podcast. <laughs> yeah, people can listen. <laughs> Just yeah. say it. <laughs> I have some experience. We'll Got you. That. Got you, got you, got you. All right. There, there's, there's been, yeah, some situations. Some, yeah, some experiences. <laughs> got you. All right. So, Especially with Halloween right around the corner. I don't know if you, when I, when I uh, first came back, and, and yeah, there was just a situation with a costume and some folks bringing props that were very real. Um, uh, yeah. Experiences. I've seen those before. <laughs> you know, it, it's uh, this time of year is my favorite time for work. Because this is this is when people get em- emotional about the seasons, whether it's Halloween, whether they like it or not like it, mm-hmm. Christmas, whether they like it or not like yeah. it. And this is, I look forward to, hear me out, I look forward to the conflict. Here's why. Because when people, especially uh, around Halloween, right, people say, oh my God, that's against my religion, I don't like it. And then other people say, that's perfectly okay. Excellent opportunity to have a conversation and fully understand each other. If we don't have now, I can get up and teach that every day, but it's not it's not as impactful as a real issue that affects you because that's when you'll really remember it. So I look forward to those conversations. And people call me crazy because I'm like, you 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 really want those negative conversations? I'm like, no, I love turning negative conversations into a positive experience where people walk away with learning more about each other. So, yeah, it, Jimmy just said it. Halloween is coming up. That is happening. Um, it's Look, I, I don't know if there's a season for people to shoot at, at, a, at a government workers with an AR-15. I'm thankfully the guy is okay. 
But unfortunately, living in a state where guns, gun laws are loosey goosey per se, right? You are going to run into that because I have had, I have had to have conversations with people who brought a gun to work, a machete to work, all these different things to work. A hatchet. A hatchet, right? It's like, what do you need that for? Oh, it's a, like, like you said, a Halloween prop. I'm like, yeah, right. You got to go. <laughs> you do have to <laughs> go. <laughs> and you know what? And here's the crazy part. The crazy part is that even if it's at here in Florida, you can have a weapon in your car as long as it's legally owned and it's properly locked away. Yep. So I had a situation where somebody mentioned they had a weapon in their car. And mm-hmm. all this happened. And Ricky, I can't believe this is happening. Wait a minute. Had a conversation with the guy. Legally owned, locked in the car, nothing we can do because can in do. Florida, it's, per- mm-hmm. it's, it's perfectly okay. I'm perfectly okay with that. I know some people are not okay with that. That's just the way things are. But anyway, I digress. Gentlemen, we are at the point of the show that we are going to start closing. I want to, first of all, I want to thank you both. Seriously, thank you both because this was a long time coming. And hopefully this is not the first, t- the last time. There mm-hmm. will be more times. I'm pretty sure as Halloween comes and more stories come about, we are going to come back here and talk again. When the Vikings <laughs> lose, I want to have Devon Don't back on to have that conversation. When the Giants <laughs> win, maybe we can get back and celebrate that. Well, yeah, because then that's, uh, I mean, you know what? The way 2020 is going, that might happen. <laughs> 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 that actually might happen, right? But, Jimmy, I'll start with you. Um, what are your it's final thoughts when it comes to leaving a legacy in your leadership. What are the, what do you want our 70,000 listeners to know about that legacy? Well, I, again, simply going back to, I think one of the last things I said about, you know, truly looking to be a servant uh, and, and looking to serve others and not being a self-serving type of leader. Uh, and in doing so, you have to be self-aware. You have to have a good understanding of what your core values are, what's important to you, uh, and how do you help others achieve their goals and what they're trying to accomplish in life. Um, I think if you do that, again, you're going to hopefully be become a leader worth following and you're definitely going to be able to lead others to be able to do the same uh and like devon mentioned earlier like you'll have those very positive badge of honors knowing that like i made a really strong impact in this person's life um even if they might not see it at the very beginning it could be uh, a one talk one sentence one seed that you planted but then 10 20 years later you know they realize the impact mm. that conversation had uh, and to me that's that's what it's all about that's what drives me uh, and that's what i try to to impart on other people boom boom people love that People hear that. Even the people next door to me. Yeah, they hear that over in A1A Beachfront Studios next door. <laughs> so, all right, Devon, what do you got? So um, I-, I loved how Jimmy really summed it up, right? Because that's really what we're getting after is we're trying to help leaders, um, you know, leave, live a life, you know, worth following, right? Lead others to do the same and then leaving a legacy for generations to come. Um, but the thing that I'm really kind of left with and I want to pass on to other people is I learned very, very early on from some really, really good leaders <clears throat> that iron sharpens iron. All right. And um, mm. we want to be able to build a community full of 
leaders that have diverse thoughts that we can connect with and learn from. And so um, that's really what, you know, legacy means to me is being able to connect with those other leaders, those other like-minded leaders, those other leaders who have, you know, div- you know, diverse experiences and backgrounds and be able to learn and continue to grow in our walk and continue to refine the legacy that we're going to leave for others. So um, if, you know, of the 70,000 listeners out there, I know that there is an abundance of leaders um, that, that uh, partake in the HR Talk podcast, um, you know, come join our community, come contribute, right? come connect. Um, we want to be able to learn um, and we want to be able to impart what we know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really what we're looking to leave at the end of the day. Mm. Okay, that also, people also clapping. They heard it, Devon, across the street. They're good. All right, so, please, please. So, 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 so my final thoughts, um, it, it's nothing too drastically different um, other than, you know what, it, it, it's, Check your emotion as a leader. Um, it is perfectly okay to show that you're hurt. It is perfectly okay to show that you don't know. It is perfectly okay to be vulnerable. People need to see that. Because if they see you as a human being and that, that they're able to connect with you, just they have that better connection with you as a human being. And if they connect with you as a human being, then you're able to be just that much more influential to that person. So mm-hmm. it's, it's easier said than done. It is a huge responsibility because once you do that, people are watching and people are paying attention and they will emulate everything you do. So pay attention, keep looking, keep leading, make sure that you are showing that vulnerability in a way that people see you as that human being. Therefore, you got that better connection with them to be able to lead them to greatness wherever that may be. Remember, mm-hmm. they have to lead you to there and then you have to be their gps so gentlemen with that said what are some of the ways that people can reach you how how can they download the legacy and leadership podcast uh well for your listeners out there you can definitely find the legacy and leadership podcast on all major podcast platforms uh itunes spotify uh google podcast we are there so definitely please follow us again join the community uh and don't just join and and download we love that but again you know leave some reviews and leave some comments and join in on the conversations as well you can find us on facebook at legacy and leadership podcast uh you could also find us on instagram as well uh, at legacy leadership uh spelling's a little off there but uh, the, the the best way again to find us i think is definitely within the podcast and then on our youtube channel legacy and leadership wow. podcast uh so if you rather listen whether you're working out uh or cleaning the house and you like listening to your podcast you can consume it that way if you're more of a visual learner then again you can catch that uh on the uh the vlog itself on our youtube channel uh on instagram definitely you could also follow me at coach underscore jimmy g jr and then devon Yep. You can find me on Instagram at, at leadership docent um, on Instagram and connect with me as well. And uh, I can't I can't forget because we got a lot of professionals. You can also find us on LinkedIn. Oh, yeah. Thank um, you. The mm-hmm. Legacy and leadership podcast on LinkedIn. We have a community mm-hmm. already of 200 leaders. Um, and so yeah. that's a really, really good place for you guys to be able to connect, to share your thoughts, um, you know, you know, we're giving out tips on productivity and motivation for Monday, but also, um, you know, you'll get the latest information on when we have new episodes that drop from the podcast or they're available on YouTube as well. Awesome. 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 And folks, look, take it from me. Um, it, it, it's I've known these guys for a while. Right. I wouldn't have them on the show if they were not legit. Definitely check that podcast out. Definitely check it out, especially the one I'm on. 
right? So, yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, yeah, episode episode sixteen, yes, episode which six- is our, our mentored by adversity series. Oh. Uh, you are our fourth guest. We were definitely blessed to have you, man. Again, one of fun. the best episodes, most fun that we've had. Uh, so definitely for your listeners, they should definitely check that out and hopefully maybe even learn a little bit more about Ricky Baez that they didn't know before. Oh, trust me, they know. <laughs> and if they don't, maybe they some don't different want perspectives to. On the story. <laughs> they don't want to. <laughs> All right, no. So, so, gentlemen, thank you. Do I have your commitment that you guys are going to come back at some point? Because yeah. this was course, awesome, bro. dude. Yeah, it's absolutely. all love. love, absolutely excellent. All right, so, so with that said, folks. Also, you can find us at HR Todd Podcast. We are everywhere. We are on Twitter. We are on MySpace. We are just everywhere. Just find us everywhere. Look up HR Talk Podcast. I'm just kidding about my people take me seriously. Like, is it really I was on MySpace? Is it your friend who replies? You didn't respond. <laughs> Dude, people, people. <laughs> you're in, you're in my top eight. <laughs> oh, is that right? I like, ah, got yeah. it. <laughs> no, but they, definitely find us. Um, uh, it's and and also exactly how Jimmy said. Um, leave us a like. Let us know if you love the show. You hate the show. We're here. Let us know. We would really, really appreciate it. So, folks, with that said, it is about that time that we should start to go home. It is a weekday, but this will be dropping pretty soon. Thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. Stay safe, have fun, and good night. On behalf of Ricky Baez, the entire HR Talk podcast team, and crew behind the scenes, thank you very much for your time today. Drive safe. Have a good night. Minnesota Vikings suck. (laughs) Really?